Discover new mind and body hacks to thrive as a human today. The Institute for Aliveness is here to teach you all the things you never learned in school. From talking poop, sex, childhood trauma, emotional intelligence, psychedelics, and of course, fasting and food. This is a podcast that changes lives. Join your host, Dr. Andrea Page, as she travels seven continents to find the most captivating, impactful humans for you. All right, Dr. Andrea Page, we are recording. We are live. Thank you again for joining me from Hawaii. I'm in LA here today. And I typically like to start these off with a quote as we dive in. And as I was writing on presence, an unexpected human being gave me what I think is my favorite quote so far. Absence sharpens love. Presence strengthens it. That's Benjamin Franklin. B. Franklin was a homeboy. Benjamin Franklin, old school. (laughs) So when I reached out to you to have a chat about presence, at first you responded with presence and or compassion. And um, I, I kind of tried to steer you towards compassion. And then you stood firm. You took a presence. You took a stand for presence itself. <laughs> and that had me thinking, um, obviously, that had to be, has to be a meaningful topic for you. Um, why is it that you took that stand, um, which I really appreciate? <laughs> yeah. Um... Hi, everyone, Hi. humans, whomever is watching this. Hi, Connor. The essence of presence is uh, full and total immersion in oneself. So that when we show up, we're showing up with 100% of us there. And it's so frequent that we allow ourselves to be scattered in our mind, in our physical being, in our belongings, right? in our family ties, all over the world, in different time zones and throughout history. And to fully collect our entirety of existence right here, right now, right, is the greatest practice. And I say practice because it is 100% guaranteed guaranteed that we will get scattered that is the reality of being a 21st century human and yet by strengthening the muscle of presence we come back and we come back with more fervor more clarity more self-esteem standing behind ourselves present willing ready immersed in resilience knowing that when we are present whatever comes we will be able to flow with or tackle or whatever kind of metaphor you want to use. Um, And so I do find that presence and uh, the inclusion of all things is not only one of my strongest muscles, but the muscle that I want to share most with the world. Um, And it's something, you know, these are very, in one realm abstract and in another realm esoteric concepts that you're like, well, what is presence? What does this mean? How, like, how is this in my life? So making it practical, when you woke up this morning, what was the first thing you thought about? What was the first action you took when you engaged with another human this morning? Did you look them in the eye? Right? How did you express your, your love or your greeting or your disdain? Right? And mm-hmm. so it's not really 
what you do, it's how you do it. That's what presence is. And so it is that, that unseen that's super important to me, as well as the inclusion. And this is just like I'm a tantrika in my roots. Uh, in yoga, I came from the school of thought that was the all-inclusive tantric arm of embrace so that if there's a siren in the bound or water flowing somewhere that that is part of the journey and it's not about excluding that and and pushing it out it's about asking where at a deep level is an alarm going off inside of me or where am i being carried more deeply into flow with our binaural beats playing in the (laughs) background it's like it's 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 saying yes to everything and and presence demands the yes that's amazing. So you're touching on a couple of interesting points. One of them is the present moment itself. And the other is kind of this invisible presence, like our state of being that we bring to the present moment. And for you, you can definitely feel your presence. Like what you said about looking somebody in the eyes that really resonates with me, really acknowledging the humans, even yourself, including yourself when you wake up throughout your day. That, that means a lot to me. It feels very sacred to acknowledge the presence of life within another human. What, what do you feel is present inside of your body? And what do you, what's your, do you have a special word for your body? After watching Ram Dass's Becoming Nobody movie, I've affectionately called it the spacesuit. Um, but how about you? What is present inside of your vehicle, your temple? Yeah, I mean, in my in my naturopathic career, I always called it the the vehicle that's driving our spirit through life, and so it was this um, like ability to shine and mold and appreciate and enjoy. You know, you take a convertible out for a ride, you you take your body out for some movement or whatever it might be, and so I think what's most present in my body is an adaptive reality of appreciation. Hmm. Um, and expression and connection and um, I mean you know you know my work in health everything is based upon listening and so yeah. presence is also mm-hmm. based upon listening and so that first presence with self requires presence with physicality and the physical body and every symptom that we have is the body trying to talk to us and so it's really our responsibility to learn how to listen yes that is the art of presence one of the arts of presence so do you consider yourself to have a spirit, a mystery? Is it God within you, chi, prana, life force? What, what is coursing through your vehicle that charges and yeah. empowers you to bring all the beauty and the love that you bring into the world? I mean, it's interesting how you ask the question. You engage the intellect by saying, do you consider yourself to have? And then engage the ethereal, right? <laughs> prana, chi, whatever. And... Um, I find that the intellect is better kept passive in energetic experience, but yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. The reality of everything is energy. And this is, you know, quantum physics has developed to a point where this is no longer deniable that we are very much, um, made of vibrating entities that create reality and that what we think we can see that we call matter is actually much more porous than Mm -hmm. we once assumed and so getting to feel that and I want to um I'll take you Connor I don't know if I've ever done this with you and anyone else who's watching this now or in the future shake your hands out with me right nothing 
you know, words, ideas are worth a dime a dozen. The intellect has no space and energies. Shaking hands, shaking, 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 even harder. Try to flick your fingers. Like you want to, your fingertips, <laughs> like you want your fingernails to fall off, fly off even harder. Get even off harder. me, fingernails. Get off. Even faster. I don't want your presence on my body, fingernails. No, well, no, I mean with love. <laughs> with love. <laughs> All right. Now take a breath, close the eyes, and hold an imaginary ball between your hands. And just start to feel the presence between your hands. You can slightly undulate in and out the palms of the hands. And feel the connection between the matching subsequent fingers, pinky, pinky, reaching out, not touching, but energetically connecting. Notice your breath, settle down into your body. And start to make your ball a little bit smaller, feeling any resistance, this magnetism between the hands. Bring one hand forward, one hand back. Feel the presence and absence moving so slowly. And if your intellect has crept in and the mind has gotten in the way and shrouded this ability to see in doubt, go ahead and check out your hands again. Cutting your nails off. Come back. You can even do it with your eyes open this time if you'd like. We are alive. Yeah. I mean, different people will feel this to differing amounts, just dependent upon your susceptibility and perceptibility, but there is no doubt that there is a magnetic field, which mm -hmm. is the energy channeling through the body and that if we can feel that, and this is the science of, you know, any energy work or Reiki or whatever it might be, like tapping into the energetics of the world around us, that's presence. It's again, seeing the unseen, speaking to that, listening, being Absolutely. curious. So you'll love this practice I've been working on lately is putting my hands over my food and I'm essentially saying a prayer to the food, inviting it to be recreated in a higher way and thanking it for its journey. Uh, oh, Connor, you're such a lovely hippie. I <laughs> know, <laughs> aren't I? And I'm inviting it. It's, it's more than just these words, right? I'm actually putting the hands over and I'm trying to train myself to develop this perception as you alluded to earlier. And I'm starting to actually begin to recognize the difference between say vegetables or fish, like how that feels. Um, one is lighter and more buzzy and one is say it just feels a little bit more dense but stronger, um, which are usually the fleshier foods. Um, and where I was going with this question earlier about the spirit and do you consider the spirit was, so we have this force, we have this energy inside of our bodies, but something gets in the way of us being fully present with that all the time. And what do you think that is? Is it the brain? Is it the mind? How would you describe that? kind of distracting force ideas um, and identities okay yeah and i mean being where i am in this lifetime on this spiritual path um being like really walking through the gift boxes that i've been given as a human um beautiful love that i hear 
I hear right your your discussion of like blessing your food or feeling the food and this it's a big joke in the kind of like the people who have been awake for a while we call it the salad blessers <laughs> I'm a salad <laughs> like, blesser like, right now it's like that guy's a salad blesser and I mean part of it is um a bit of a meme and a bit hysterical about someone who's maybe earlier in their journey and it's like these um these modalities of, of movement which will determine their truth right so it's like oh I have to do this uh, rather than actually truly feeling it. And that's not what you're saying. I understand that you are mm-hmm. actually truly feeling it. When you do feel, um, you'll also feel the history. Uh, so it, when your energetic attunement comes to such a, a forefront, you'll feel the fish's journey through the water and it's swimming in the school. And then you'll feel it getting caught by bait right? And being taken onto shore and being slid open, like you'll feel all of that. Yeah. And the reality of existence, right? And um, so where we get locked or stopped is when the mind wants to come in and label something or attach to a certain practice. It's essentially when we step out of flow because we try to define something. And so that is um, through an identity of right being a salad blesser, someone who's doing this, yes, for themselves, sure, like to take their moment, but also, you know, to kind of seem that way if they're in a, a public mm-hmm. space that like I want, I want others to see that I'm taking this moment before I eat, and yeah. the action of it is hollow in and of itself without the deeper connection of like, okay, that's an undoubtable energetic transformation that's happening right there between the purpose the person and the food um that's what allows for the the real work to be done if i can be so ballsy to assume that i know what's real work mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't make the posing of it less valid for salad blessers who are just there you know as part of the scene <laughs> and this is what you do and it's cool I mean, you know, there's a lot of people awakening now. There's lots of awakening bros. There are lots of spiritual materialists who um, understand that this is a scene just like goth or emo or like any other scene. Uh, and coming in through the action can hopefully bring them to a deeper attachment. Yet uh, the action itself isn't needed for that deeper connection to the blessing or the energetic whatever. You know, so I, I've actually embraced over the past um, probably five, six years, uh, the Vaishnava food blessing where uh, the Hare Krishnas will, before they eat anything, they will say, Hare well, Hare Krishna. It's an offering to Krishna. So before I go in and feed myself, right? I'm thinking of Krishna, which Krishna is just a representation of any kind of universal life force energy, any Godhead, any whatever you want to call it. So it's like that acknowledgement of all that is. And mm-hmm. so I'll notice, right, probably I'm, I, I'd say I'm up to like 60, 70% of the things that I eat in a day before I bring it in my body, Hare Krishna, like Hare Bol. It's, it's there. My, and it, it has nothing to do with the words or the Krishna or the, the cult. If you, if you think in those kind of aversion, tendency, thought loops, it has way more to do with the fact that I am just taking a second to think. Right? I don't need to use my hands anymore and 
like tune into an energy field, although there is um, an argument that could be made around our nervous system and the fact if we do tune in to our hands that we're in much more of an aligned place, not dissimilar to the effect that the binaural beats might have upon the, the workings of the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, even just a thought, and you see this through a lot of experimentation with water and the effect mm-hmm. of thought and word and sound upon mo- molecules of water. I mean, everything effectively, including ourself, is water as its element. So you're able to feel into the food without putting your hands on it. So you have an experience of that? that Yeah. And I would say that after, so what, what, so if someone's awakening here, right, what you want to open is the curiosity. It's not about what questions to ask. It's about how to ask questions and coming into curiosity around foods, things you're eating or whatever it might be. opening to the vehicle of listening right mm-hmm. the act of listening rather than following some protocol of okay i do this and then i do that and i'm supposed to hear something it's like <laughs> no wait so when you one me i however you want to say it when i make a habit when i've made a habit of listening hearing becomes automatic yeah. And so I don't have to try anymore. You know, I'll just know, okay, this lettuce is dead. Yeah. Amazing. Or this wants to be eaten. <laughs> um, and from there, if we back out of that, so the food in this case is kind of the object or the symbol that is encouraging us to listen. How do we get to that state of listening without any other symbols or objects? Um, and so that is more just a part of who we are in our everyday life. So we can really live with presence in this moment and infuse into it, absorb it, be with it and love it. Mm, yeah. Um, I know you, you started with a quote, so I'll bring another quote. in. Yeah, please. Thank uh, you so much. If I can remember it verbatim in between <laughs> stimulus and response, there is a space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Viktor Frankl quote. And essentially it's alluding to the fact that, um, what meditation is meant to bring and what any sense of mindfulness will uh, provide to the practitioner is an ability to detach from uh, action, reaction, response, this level playing field, thought, animalistic, amygdala-based, hindbrain reactivity and allow us to come into forebrain, um, bigger picture perspective, like a grander scheme of time outside of the present moment an understanding of ourselves, yes, as emotional reactive entities and situations, yes, as real things that are happening and all the while separating from them and having this bigger picture perspective to be able to see actually what is this really about. And so the example I always give is someone steps on your toe. Oh, fuck you, man. Jeez. (laughs) Right. Am I allowed to curse on here? Of course. Yeah. I didn't ask consent. Don't fucking swear. Um, So that stimulus and response, there was a very small space there, really. And the practice, presence, is about widening that space. Yeah. And this doesn't mean that you won't have reaction. You know, I can still have people come in and say outlandish things to me because they're projecting from their own childhood traumas or whatever it might be. And I notice that that kind of, you know, that tickles one of my own 
inner wounds or childhood traumas. I'm, we're human. We're still alive. We're still in body, right? None of us are enlightened. This okay. is the practice of becoming. We are presence is the practice of becoming. It is that development. And the more self-awareness we can have over that developmental process, right? It hastens okay. the development and also makes it easier and more fun. We can play with it more. So there we are. Someone steps on my toe and rather than, oh, fuck you, dude. It's immediately like, oh, right? So you get the initial pain response reaction of some kind of oration, usually a sound. Mm -hmm. This is when we allow expression rather than hold it in, stop breathing, be silent, right? That is essentially just like crippling our nervous system and our ability to be present. Um, and so as we allow ourselves to react, there's nothing wrong with reaction. It's about how we kind of cater that reaction to beauty or love or excitement or the positive upward emotional spiral rather than the negative downward. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, someone steps on the toe and it's like, oh, ha, 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 you know, and pleasure and pain are very, very closely uh, wound. <laughs> and so how can you, um, how can I transform this experience of the stepping on toe to one of pleasure if that's too far out then how about gratitude like oh thank you for reminding me i have a toe oh yes that's what it feels like to be alive right my neurons are firing i'm feeling uh, the sensation that we tend to label as pain and uh then I'm, I'm with myself. I'm with myself rather than reacting to the person who stepped on my toe. You know, that dude totally didn't. Maybe his wife's pregnant. She's about to go into labor and it's hurrying. Yeah. Like he's justified. And um, I made a video once that's probably one of the, my favorite videos that ever came through. It was, um, it was the premise that everyone's actually on your team. What if everyone were actually on your team? right? What if that dude who just stepped on your toe, like he's rushing to do something that will eventually help you. Like, go do that. Like, <laughs> you know? And so your, Cheer him on. your Keep perception, going, totally your perception, everything that happens is, is changed because the world's not out to get you. The world's not out to get me. Right? The world's not out to get you, Connor. And so when we reorient our thought around inclusion and um, a level of relaxation, Right? We, we're open to the interaction that I mentioned before, Tantra, mm -hmm. of everything happens for a reason. Everything happens to fuel my growth and everything happens because it's meant to. Or everything doesn't happen because it's not meant to, whether it's a relationship or an acceptance to a job or school, or whatever it might be. And um, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is trust. And so a huge part of presence for me is trust. It's presence with self. It's like being here fully, collecting myself, and then trusting that once I show up, I'm exactly where I need to be. That's gorgeous. And one of my questions I wanted to ask you was, and I'm going to flip this towards you, so it might be more helpful for you to answer, was why do people yeah. have a hard time not being present like in the moment, but being present with what they're experiencing? And for you, when you experience, say, something negative, a pain or a trauma resurfaces yeah. um, or something you dislike, you didn't, the video didn't come out as good as your everyone's on your team video, like stuff like that. How do you sit with and integrate that into the present and what happens with it from there? Mm, so when something goes shit, what do I do? Yeah. 
when you feel bad about yourself, your life, like how do you get present with that rather than what most people do is they basically live their future avoiding that past feeling. So they're kind of carrying it with them in a way, but they're also not really living in the present. <laughs> they're kind of, as you said at the beginning, um, fractured across different areas of time while they actually yeah. think they are, they're ignoring something, but it's really being carried with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many things I want to say in response to this. And I also <laughs> want to acknowledge that you've asked a very personal question and I don't want to evade that personal question. Um, sure. So if I can get the personal question at the end and, and premise it. All right. Yeah. So first of all, the, the most fundamental concept to understand, especially when one is coming into more ethereal states of being and, you know, dealing with, a reality beyond matter and this doesn't have to be woo woo spirits and ghosts and whatever it can be like just the energetics of the body that's enough that's beyond our normal material uh reality like a really base level literally base chakra example is sex right and i remember mm-hmm. at africa burn uh connor we had our whole day on sex programming right <laughs> yeah, and, you yeah you remember that So there's a difference and this is, you know, this is stuff that's personal, hopefully to everyone. There's a difference between frictional sex, which is based upon sensation and nervous system sensation and energetic sex, which is based upon something that you were never taught about, which is based upon what we would call chemistry Mm -hmm. in, in the area of relating, which is based upon your own presence in your body, your receptivity, your breathing, your openness, your allowance to feel things coming through. Right. And it's, it's night and day different than frictional sex. And so, um, I mean, sex is actually a great framework in which to discuss presence and we can go into that further if you want, but what I'm doing here is outlining, um, the fact that in matter or frictional sex or this 3d reality that we were grew we, we we grew up knowing was real right in that realm it's a realm of duality there's good and there's bad right there's hot and there's cold there's dark and there's light and it's very definitive to be able to decipher between them in the realm of energetics in the realm of chemistry in the realm of um connection to something beyond there's only infinite right and when you have infinity you can't bring it down to binary ones and zeros and good and bad and that is non-duality that is unity that is entirety that is everything and so the trust that i talk about the presence it requires one to go beyond duality into a space of non-duality and these are the core concepts of vedanta um, of what i've taught for you know almost a decade as a spiritual teacher teaching yoga teacher trainings and just largely instigating self-reflection and and awakening humans and the space of non-duality i'll bring in another quote which is one of my favorites and hopefully many of you have heard which is a Rumi quote there is a field between right and wrong doing i'll meet you there and when we stop thinking about things as good and bad right and wrong Right, we're free to be more present with what is. Yeah. And yeah. so I mean there's there's a lot there. I don't know why sex was what wanted to come through with well, I guess I <laughs> with um, 
with explaining non-duality and duality. But now that we understand the concepts of dualistic thinking, dualistic presence, right, versus non-dualistic, we can understand when you say to me, what do you do when bad things happen, right? It's an inherently dualistic question. Mm -hmm. And so I'll answer on both levels. First, like, I do strongly believe in um, trauma as a programmer for most of our coping mechanisms, how we carry ourselves in the world, how we communicate with others, uh, the things that are essentially holding us back, which you've been uh, alluding to. And so taking inventory of trauma and, hey, we're all human. That means we're all traumatized. We're all 21st century humans. That means we even have some sprinkles of extra trauma on top. And (laughs) trauma doesn't have to be going to war, having a parent die. It doesn't have to be something loud and glaring. It can Mm -hmm. be something as simple as, Connor, when I was like, I don't know, maybe three, I don't even remember, maybe four, my brother and my mother thought it would be funny to like make it seem like I got lost in a department store. (laughs) I mean, clearly there's a blame in that. I don't really know the true story. But anyway, I was like four and I was, I thought I got lost and I was looking for my mom and my brother and like, where did they go? And so like, what, what kind of abandonment trauma did that embrace? You hadn't watched your future video yet of everyone's on your team. So (laughs) that's why. (laughs) My mom and my brother are definitely on my team. But that, that, uh, like small situations like that have an effect upon us far beyond what we would normally think. And below the age of seven, we are not, our rational mind is not developed. And thus things like having a traveling businessman for a father who goes away, you know, for long trips. I can't rationalize daddy's just trying to put food on the table, right? Mm -hmm. I see daddy doesn't love me. Daddy's not not present. And so my coping mechanism becomes seduction to try to bring him back and make him stay, right? And how does that impact every other part of my life? And so when we're really, really, really honest with the architecture of our childhood and present with that, it can teach us so much about um, how we're showing up today, right? And what's holding us back. And so when you ask me what happens when something bad happens, I mean, if it's, if it's something that like I really wanted and it doesn't happen, right, then I'll probably laugh at myself to just like ingest of like, realizing this the silliness of how bad I wanted it and yet my trust in the universe is so strong that I realize that I'm not supposed to have it and so I still allow the little girl inside of me to "Ah!" and just that like that emotional aliveness is presence because it's presence with myself rather than denying that part of myself right but I don't get attached to it I don't stay there Right? If anything, I laugh at it. I allow it to be a bit of a, a comedic scene and then <laughs> immediately go into that space of non-duality, of trust, of like, oh, it's okay. Like this bad thing's happening. Like, thank you. Thank you for making me feel something. Because mm-hmm. that's really the epidemic of today is we have a bunch of hollow humans who have forgotten how to feel. And so coming to a sense of aliveness and, you know, this is... <laughs> That's what I sell, vitality and aliveness. Yes. Uh, that, that, that presence with non-duality and with inclusion of our entire human experience. 
Hmm, and it. with trust in in the universe is what allows for things to happen so you know things in my life something bad happens and um i allow my trigger right if you're making a step-by-step process i allow my trigger <laughs> of of like recognition of like oh fuck them or like whatever whatever the low level <laughs> reality story based thing is right and then i take inventory of when the first time i felt that way the very first time i remember feeling that way what is actually the root of it? Because it's probably not about what's going on here. Yeah. And then I go to any kind of emotion that wants to come through, right? And then once I laugh at myself, I can go to trust and embrace of that this is what's supposed to be happening and that there will be a greater purpose for this happening, right? And then from there, I go to showing up in grace and that is presence. It's showing up. <sighs> Okay, like have what you, have your way with me. No need to defend, no need to attack. Hmm. So beyond that attraction, aversion, duality, just sheer like, hi, I'm here. And that's when you can start to see, and this is like a super esoteric concept, but when you live it, it becomes practical. That's when you can start to see God acting through every individual with whom you have an encounter. That is amazing. And it's interesting how to get fully present part of your practice with that, your practice of becoming is to dip back into the past momentarily and then fully come back into the present. Um, and so earlier you mentioned ideas and identities keep us trapped, right? Or they perhaps they um, don't lovingly entrap us in the present, but they scurry us across the infinities of the future and the past, if those exist um, at the expense of the infinite now. So you were talking a little bit about um, the infinite self, the non-dualistic. Do you, do you consider, is that something to identify with that would help people become more present or is it something <laughs> that, that they develop a relationship with? Um, because like you, that, that is something I try to keep in mind as well when it's when I have these perceptions of the polarizations that um, to double down on my trust, to know it's just transforming and flowing at the human experience level and behind it, there's something way bigger and magical that isn't <laughs> subject to these human constructs. Um, and I try to get present with that. Is that something you identify with personally or do you have an identity? <laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, I'm... Whereas I see identity can really help, uh, I think in today's day and age of social media and personal branding, it more hinders. Um, and whereas I see, especially when it comes to nationality or country of origin or lineage, uh, it can very much help to have identity and a sense of belonging when we're talking in the spiritual realm, right? We see that these are all colors of the same rainbow. Mm -hmm. And um, Beautiful. well said. So I've always been one to not identify. I, I mean, at the age of 20 is when my real spiritual awakening in this lifetime began. Um, and I think I took a year as other went through to 21 where I took inventory of every thought as much as possible. Every thought and every sense is that coming from my 
spirit or is that coming from my ego? Beautiful. It's similar to like Course in Miracles teachings uh, where we have the duality between love and fear. And so is that thought or is that action coming from love or is it coming from fear? Is it coming from spirit or is it coming from ego? It's, it's the same kind of... Okay, I can hear you again. Or I can see you again. Uh, and I can hear you. Okay. So is it coming from love or is it coming from fear? It's the same mm -hmm. kind of reflexive inquiry. And uh, when we are present with our own inner journey, because all of this is an inside process, right? So identity is an outside process. And so when we allow that inside job to really happen, right, there's no mm -hmm. need for labeling because you're just talking to yourself. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can create inventory in yourself, but there's no need to define yourself on behalf for someone else or explain yourself for someone else. You are you and you know, you feel these are not things that belong in words or concepts. Um, words and concepts only come for our communion with other colors in the rainbow of our existence and so um she's all talking rainbows and unicorns <laughs> Speaking Sorry, my me. <laughs> um so i mean i can i can speak from my personal journey um which i fully recognize is not everyone's journey because you you mentioned before compassion and the reason that I was leaning in towards presence more than compassion is because I do feel like compassion is a muscle that I have had to build, that I don't feel like it was something that I was born with, right? With my <laughs> Venus and Aries, this like, you know, kind of like warrior attitude um, and my moon in Scorpio, which is like, none of this is real. Like that kind of <laughs> um, shamanic witch kind of energy you know like compassion of like the one in service the virgo or the libra or the caretaker cancer like i don't have any of that yeah <laughs> and so that's not to say that i'm not compassionate but astrology has taught me compassion because it shows me it reveals to me that we're all sitting at different ends of the table unless we have different perspectives and we have different toolkits to work with and our own self-mastery which is our enlightenment is figuring out um, which ones we have, which ones we don't, not misrepresenting our tools, right? And, um, and learning, learning skills that don't come naturally, but also trusting that if they don't come naturally, it's not necessarily what we're meant to be doing in this lifetime. And so that's why I could speak on compassion, but I don't necessarily want <laughs> as much as presence. Um, so the identity piece uh i mean you know i was in spiritual circles and in ashrams and with spiritual teachers and all of this for years and i never took a spiritual name because i was like wait a minute that just feels like more egotistical kind of stuff even though the essence of if, if you know if you call yourself a puro or uh Ram or whatever like that's that's your new sanskrit name that means like servant to god or fullness or whatever it is um that the the idea behind that by changing your name is to bring you back more towards the love that every time someone calls you that feels like kind of foreign 
um, it's a reminder of who or what you are. Um, that felt more like a label and more like identity. It felt more externalized. It felt more um, like painting over your ego rather than learning how to use it. Um, and yeah, so I never took a name. And then when I was in my sudden return in silence for 40 days and off grid for three months, I was doing like deep inventory into this because I knew that um, I had created such a professional ego for me. And you opened this conversation with it, Dr. Andrea Page, right? <laughs> I had created such a strong professional ego. And a lot of that came from um, like a, a, not a sense of unworthiness, but a fear of, you know, I was running the career of a 40 year old when I was in my twenties. And so I always felt kind of an insignificance of like, am I too young for this? And so I created this ego to be my buffer, you know, so that I could get in the room. And then I knew once I was in the room, my presence was exactly where it was supposed to be. And so in my sad return, like letting go of the old name kind of thing. And I mean, you see both names here on the little Zoom thing. Um, Andy is who I've been since I was a child. Like that is that that was my birthright as a name. And then mm -hmm. as a second name, the absence of name, the X right it's like this x marks the spot x presence x focus x nothing and that like that was the name that like really felt like yes <laughs> um, and so in terms of labeling and identity and things like this and branding and it's the question needs to always be in terms of motive what is our motive what like what are we really doing here and what are we really trying to say? And um, whereas identity, especially if it's a movement, a counterculture movement, if you look at um, at the LGBTQRYXYZ uh, movement mm -hmm. today, it it is like a coming together. It's a convening. It's a collective. And so identity with that movement um, can help someone to swim upstream. You know, it's like, let's join our life rafts together so we can be stronger in this movement. Mm -hmm. um, but where does that infringe upon your freedom to express yourself as something other than that um, group think, right? Yeah. And uh, where is that a symbol, a mythic symbol in your life, right? Or your nationality. Like, I think it's really important to know ancestral roots and lineage that we were born who we are, where we are at this moment in time for a reason. And so identity based upon that is super important. Um, I do feel like you were talking about before about the infinite nowness and past and present. I mean, the reality of time is that it's cyclical, right? And not linear as we perceive it to be. And so um, the pres presence itself demands connection to all times and places and trust that as you said right the the little three-year-old four-year-old me crying in the department store uh <laughs> didn't watch my video that everyone's on the same team and it's like it's so beautiful to like i always say life is lived when reality folds in on itself you know and we have these like the, the past comes the present comes the future and that is um that's what we start to realize when we go into not real reality and existence and so 
a big part of my career that I perhaps loved most because it awakened quickest most uh, was white tantra. And so I used to teach classes that I called Nada Yoga, which would um, instigate vibration. Right? We would do things like the exercise we did. We would do eye gazing. And this is something you all can do. Go to a mirror and look at yourself in your eyes. And I have lots of meditations. You're welcome to write, to ask for one. I can send an audio guiding people through. And you can also sit with another human and be guided through this eye gazing. And then soon you'll realize that as you look into the eyes, like things start to morph and you start to see an old man. You start to see someone who you once knew. You start to see your brother. You start to see, you know, there's all of this comes through and that is the true reality of existence if i may be so ballsy to assume that i know <laughs> what <laughs> reality of existence is but it's not it's not the representation that we see at our our 3d um engagement with reality and kind of the gateway through that without using psychedelics or tantra or deep states of meditation uh is symbolism and starting to read the world around us through symbols. And these can come through names, right? These come through stories. These come through animals. These come through colors. These come through um, words or concepts. And so that's when the labels and the identities have use is when we see their, their mythical, symbolic meaning. And to read the world in that way, does it require that you continue to get present with what is beyond that, behind the symbol? The motive, yeah, I mean, as it's, you mentioned, it's, rather it's than the knowing how to ask the question. Yeah. An interesting point you spoke about earlier was you created an identity um, to get you in the room because you knew you had the presence when you got there. And I spoke about this earlier. You have a very powerful presence, a very loving presence, a very vital and vibrant presence as well. Um, what kind of presence? do you like would you like to hold or do you believe that you are holding or feel called to hold for humanity mm, a magnetism i mean i very much know my dharma so again i my worldview the lens through which i see the world is astrology and so i i'm inherently biased and i recognize that there's many other systems that are wonderful at explaining the world and this is simply mine and i mean it's had efficacy throughout all different human civilizations all throughout time <laughs> there's always been some kind of connection to the planets and the constellations and and if um, i might say it looks like it's working for you too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yes, yeah. Food makes my life so much. And actually, it's influenced me as well. I still think about what you said to me um, in the desert of South Africa when you did my astrology reading, and it's still very, very relevant. Yeah, and I mean, presence and vitality, if these are two themes, these are things that we both share in our charts, right? It is Leo and it is Aries. And um, so I have Leo rising. So rising sign ascendant in the style of astrology that I practice is. Um, kind of why we're here, why spirit is incarnated into body this time around. And so acknowledging that I am here to be the open-hearted, loving leader, that I am here to radiate and that through walking the path of self-love and full self-esteem, self-acceptance through um, allowing that radiance to shine, it gives others permission to love themselves. Mm -hmm. And within the tribe of Leos that I am here to join in my rising sign, uh, I have a specific role or job, as we all do, in our own tribes that we're here to join. Um, and mine is the shaman, which I've already had expertise in having moon in Scorpio. And so 
to be the shaman or the one going to the edge of aliveness for aliveness's sake to go to the depths of intensity and passion, right? Amongst those who are learning to love themselves again and amongst the people of, of impact and influence. That is my role. And so when you ask me the effect that I want to have on the world, the presence I want to show up as, it is radiating, right? Presence in magnetism of really raising the standards for what we consider to be human. Gorgeous. If I had a microphone, I would drop it right there. Mm. And when you have that presence, do you feel like others come into resonance with that easier and they meet you there? Yeah. And I mean, it's been something that's been like clunky and learned over the past decade. Um, but undoubtedly, and this is mm -hmm. the feedback that I get from others too. It's just, and I know it, I know it so well because I demand so much out of people that, you know, people who are, who are weak in will often don't come into my orbit. Um, <laughs> And those who do know that like, they've got to show up. Yeah. Right? There has to be someone raising the bar on who we are as humans. And so um, that's what I've been doing. And that's what I've created the Institute for Aliveness to do. And so we now have people all over the world who are committed to this self-inquiry process of raising themselves to a higher level in all aspects of life so that when they show up, wherever they show up, wherever their presence is, it magnetizes everyone else up to a higher yes. level. Yeah, that's what I was getting at via a question is that when we hold that presence, others basically have no choice. <laughs> they automatically come into resonance with it unless they are extremely fighting it or avoiding it, avoiding your presence at all costs. Um, why, why has the body been a, uh, I guess, a, a craftsmanship or a piece of of work for you to come into the presence. Why did you explore presence through that? Because you have a mm -hmm. vast amount of knowledge there. Um, your practices that you engage in, I have only scratched the surface of them and I know you, you have so much more there. Um, what is it about the body and the physical aspect that gets you into that state of being you mentioned? Yeah, I mean, it's the entry point, it's home. You can't deny your body. <laughs> I mean, like you're here, you're in it. If you deny it, like, I don't think anyone will take you seriously. You can't really go places. <laughs> you know, you let yourself go, you're 500 pounds and um, you smell awful and you're hunched over. It's like, that's communicating something. Mm -hmm. And so paying attention first to the body, to our sense of alignment, to how we're holding ourselves, to our muscle structure, to where we're strong, where we're weak, to how we can spread out our fingers and our toes, you know, like mm -hmm. that engagement with life is fundamental to building um, the container in which we want to fill our reality. Uh, yeah. It all starts in the body. And so, I mean, humans are so disconnected from bodies today. And yeah. that's why I spent so many years in my naturopathy career trying to um, offer translation from the body of this is what your body's saying. This is what it wants. And, a lot of um, the new world, especially alternative health scene consumerism, has misled so many people uh, by thinking that there's this kind of lever of something's wrong with you. You need something from outside of you to fix you. Take it and you'll be better. Mm -hmm. And that completely, you know, lacks acknowledgement of um, the body's own self-healing ability, self-stewarding capacity. 
And so this is why fasting and natural hygiene is really so much of the root of my practice because there's truth there. There's truth there. You break a bone, what do you do? You set it and you let it heal itself. You have a cut, what do you do? You clean it, you cover it, you let it heal itself. Well, that happens at every level of the human system. And so restoration is perhaps the most unacknowledged part of existence. And that's why humans are kind of downgrading. You know, you see that evolutionary up from the ape and then you see us like punching over on computers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there would be, you know, there would be an even an, another one of like smartphones or something. Um, and so the ability to continue expanding demands that we not only cleanse the body, right, but um, rebalance it, come back into alignment with it, not only at a physical structure, but at a level of trust. You know, so many people come through my fasting programs and complain about being hangry or they think they know what works for them or doesn't work for them, you know, and they get to day six and, and they're like, I never thought I could do this. But like they believe in their body again, that's the level of self-esteem um, that, that is needed for um, breakthroughs. Yeah. So that's why starting at the body. And I mean, it's it's the grossest manifestation of reality. And this is really, really rich. As you know, Connor, um, the Institute for Aliveness, we're going through our first year and our first graduating class. And so what that means is I'm curating all the curriculum as we go. And um, it's such an incredible experience. We have three semesters, body, mind, spirit. That's what I'm realizing is that I teach all this fun body and I teach all this stuff about physicality and injuries and this and that. And um, that's all true. It's super true, right? It's true at that level. And then as soon as we get into the semester of mind, we learn about psychosomatics and we learn about uh, the psyche at large and trauma and all of these other realms of existence that perhaps the psychedelic experience can bring us into. And all of the body stuff starts to become a little less true, right? And then we get into spirit. And in the third semester in spirit, you know, that oh, begins to trump the mind stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's not only, oh, you thought you healed. It's like you thought you knew what was true. Yeah, exactly. And in, in how existence works with health mm-hmm. and vitality and aliveness, right? And the mind and then the spirit. And, and this is, I mean, you want to take Ram Das, who definitely was one of my uh, greatest spiritual teachers and like blessed to be here on the islands of Hawaii where he spent... Uh, the the later parts of his life before he left the body this time around in December last year. And um, so Sri Sri Ram Das taught us that um, it is an existence that is partial, you know, like thinking we are our body is a fallacy right? Thinking we are our spirit is also a fallacy. And so he would have a, um, a quote that went something like, you think you've gotten somewhere in spirituality, like that's, <laughs> you messed up. <laughs> it's, it's about reminding yourself constantly, not to be humble unnaturally, but to constantly embrace the humility of curiosity, of not knowing, of trust. And, um, and that, kind of ego spirit dialectic is is super enriched through all of his commentaries and teachings but the example that i wanted to bring forth was when he went to neem karoli baba his teacher in india and uh, brought a large vial of acid and said (laughs) here guruji take one two drops 
you know, like take a little bit. I want to see what happens to you. And Neem Kroli Baba said to him, oh yes, of course I've seen, I've, I knew you were coming with this. He took it, he opened the bottle, he drank the entire vial. And he said, now what? Nothing happened. Right. And so that, <laughs> that is the exemplary nature of by the time we get to spirit, right? It doesn't matter if you're eating a hamburger or the most amazing green smoothie, right? If you have that spiritual awareness. <laughs> if you're blessing your salad, right? <laughs> if you have that spiritual awareness, it's going to actually trump the matter and change mm -hmm. how it enacts in your body and change what it gives to you. But guess what? 99.9999% of humans today, myself included, do not have that level of spiritual awareness because we are still entrenched by the reality of our existence at this level. And so um, like go and meditate for 14 hours in a cave uh, alone for five years and then come back and maybe we'll talk about people's ability to transform the energy of hamburgers. But until <laughs> like we are we are humans we are humans awakening in this level playing field in 2020 at in the most astrologically um significant year of any of our lifetimes you know and it's like cool let's be aware let's be present let's have fun right that is what dance is all about it's 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 about um you know, grooving with the beat that comes. It's about expressing what comes through you. And it's about connecting with other humans in a way that is not cerebral, that is not intellectual, that is not based upon concepts and labels and identities. And that's, that's, that's life. Mm -hmm. That's aliveness. I love that. And where do you feel that aliveness in your body the most? Mm. for you is it a hard thing a gut thing or i i think you are more attuned than most humans because of um as as you would probably say your purpose in this life as well as what you actually have done in your life so far um so maybe you feel it more throughout your body the entire system or maybe even in the etheric field around you or who knows through the schumann residence you might feel it all the way up to like freaking the end of the milky way who knows but where do yeah, you, where like, do you really I'm like, feel it? Do like? I feel it? I'm like, do I feel it? Do I feel it somewhere? Like, is there, is it beneficial for me to have a conception? I mean, I would, I would want to say my torso, but I want to say my legs. I don't know if I have an answer mm -hmm. to this question, Connor. Okay. I, it's like the nature of energy is such that it's always moving. And yeah. so the moment we try to pinpoint it, right, it's gone on already. <laughs> and so again, our intellect stands in our way of true presence and true mm -hmm. existence and experience of, of what it is like the intellect can interpret what's going on but it will never be the entry point for presence um how would you experience that what are the entry points you use on a daily basis per se mm, meditation yeah. yoga you mentioned fasting what are some of the things, your top ones? Yeah, I mean, this is a fun one that I've been talking a lot about recently. Like, I don't meditate every day. I don't sit and meditate every day. I don't practice <laughs> you don't, yoga Andy? You're not even day. spiritual, no. Andy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you are no longer a salad dresser. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, the, yeah, no, I mean, this is, 
hopefully I can steward a new wave of awakening beyond mm-hmm. like I've never been a beginner's teacher and I knew that um I'm just too brash and too intense and um it's a bit much for people and that's great right there are beautiful beginner teachers who were born with that compassion who can coddle and hold and you know and do all of that and, and it's really great to just know oneself and know where one does and doesn't belong and um and so i mean everything for me is presence like presence is noticing when i'm getting distracted presence is noticing when yeah. i have that flick of the finger on my phone and go into facebook or whatever it might be when i don't actually want to presence is um how i interact with people and noticing what i want when i do or if i'm able to be equanimity equanimous and and not want anything um presence is the trust that everything's okay and no matter what happens it's okay right presence is calling my mom every day presence is drinking 3 liters of water presence is knowing that i'm inhaling right now and presence is relaxing my belly it's it's very somatic for me actually uh and this was a lot of my early yoga practice and teaching is that like true yoga is really just like a continuous body scan in every pose that you're in right it's not about doing something it's about making your body into a different shape and then being aware of of where in um really first the muscles and the tissues are wound and tightened or loosened or relaxed or aligned and then where the energy can flow or not flow um because of that and so i mean if your question corner is about practices i mentioned a few of them which are fundamental to existence right yeah fresh air water sunshine sleep love family unconditional love right expression whether that's through writing that's huge in presence for me mm-hmm. whether that is through engaging watching films that truly touch the essence of the human condition and awaken a sense of aliveness and sentimentality inside of me right presence is talking to other humans with whom i have bonded relationships and they fuel my own existence because they witness my development mm-hmm. right all of these things are the practices of presence right they're not meditation and you know like of course everything is meditation awareness itself i wrote my college entrance exam essay on metacognition which is the psychological field of meditation it's thinking about thinking <laughs> the yeah. awareness of being aware it is that self-reflective inquiry that i've been discussing the whole time that is presence mhm and so immersing myself like falling back into all of that every day that is what steers this vehicle of presence down the road mm. yeah it's as you're alluding to it's not just a practice that you wake up and do for 20 minutes it's a momentous infinite practice really <laughs> yeah. that can be sculpted through anything and everything you do and a lot of these awakening bros that i'm seeing um awakening <laughs> bros who yeah i have coined that phrase i'm thinking about creating a, a course for awakening bros you should that would sell like hotcakes for sure 
Um, so a lot of these kinds of people, or even people in the spiritual materialist scene, which is a lot of the new age, you know, yoga, whatever scene, um, there's such an identity driven part of it where, well, I wake up every day and I meditate for 20 minutes mm -hmm. and it's like, whoa, okay. Like red flag going off. Like, what are you trying to tell me there? Nothing about your daily routine will ever kind of overshadow or stand in front of the way in which you're showing up, the way in which you're showing up in your presence mm -hmm. is what tells me everything. I don't yeah. care if you meditate or not, you know? And so people who are actually present, when they meet one another, when we meet one another, there's this cataclysmic, like, I see you from the first meeting. There's a deep knowing. And a lot of it's, 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 it's almost very scorpionic in its essence because it's the language that is spoken through silence. Um, and that, you know, you just know. You just know. Um, and it's not something that can be faked. And a lot of what I'm teaching the students at the Institute for Aliveness who are hopefully going to replace me in, in my career because when I left, there was no one doing this kind of full spectrum embodied presence um, is that is diagnostics. Diagnostics at a visual level, right? So that's like face diagnosis, eye diagnosis, tongue diagnosis, pulse diagnosis, also body diagnosis, shape diagnosis. And then at a psychosomatic level, trauma diagnosis, looking at patterns, looking at ticks, looking at how people's posture is, looking at all of this, right? And then on a spiritual level, that kind of like, what is the history of this? What energy is there? And how can I clear my own field and my own beliefs enough to be able to perceive? Um, and so that's like the most enriching part of it because when people who are here and really here meet, it's, it's you know, that's the force that can move mountains. That's beautiful. I now I want to be a part of the Institute for Aliveness. <laughs> That's really amazing. I would amazing. love you to be, Connor. I would, yeah, you've I mean, been a you huge, would do amazing. <laughs> yeah, you've been a huge. Um, thank you for that. You've been a huge inspiration in my vitality. Um, and as I may have mentioned briefly earlier, just the like the fasting we did, um, the juice cleanse, joining you for a week, and there was there was so much about being present and. As you mentioned, um, so you offered some things in the morning, like yoga and other daily um, awakening bro practices, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But as you encouraged us, it's really about the entire experience throughout that week, which hopefully you can carry into your life as well, of being present with what's coming up and the aliveness in your body. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that that was a definitely helpful in my experience of presence with mm. my body and the force that runs through it as well. Yeah. The initiation is still running. It's actually really exciting. It's taking, you know, and this is like, if we're talking about presence and that connection to the eternity, infinite now trust of that everything's going as it has, like I've been stewarding this, um, this online fasting thing for three years and only now in the past like three four months is it really picking up and taking a life of its own and breathing and it's wow like congratulations just making that kind of impact yeah and it's i mean it's thank you for your congratulations i received that sentiment and at the same time i'm like like there's no space for congratulations like it's not mine it's something that is present for humanity yeah. and it's you know it's that so that's the answer 
antithesis to the personal branding. Mm-hmm. Right. This is something that the world needs and it will happen. And I don't need to fight and spend 10 hours every day working on it to make it happen. Like it's, it's an organic evolutionary concept that um, as I continue to steward that space of presence and awareness and truth inside myself and I guide others to do so and others guide others to do so all of a sudden it happens. And, and so this is hopefully useful for anyone, any, any entrepreneurs out there you know, burning the midnight candle. Um, (laughs) It's not so much about your outer work as it is about your inner work and that commitment to consistently showing up in presence with yourself for yourself. And the container, the community is a huge part of it. I did a live last night on the three ingredients for growth, which I would also kind of throw them in the pot of presence as well. Um, The first one was stimulation. So stimulation and in virtue of what we've talked about in this conversation thus far is like the tantra taking everything in so taking all those stimulus of someone stepping on your toe to the siren going off to you not getting that job to whatever it may be um stimulation can also be content and that's why the institute for liveness 18 month program is content driven right so that stimulus that new way of thinking about things comes into your field and then from there uh the next thing is a container or a community to hold you accountable to your presence, to your growth, to your trajectory. That that is irreplaceable. There's nothing else like someone else being able to witness and walk with you on that journey and grow with you. That it's like, that's the most enriching part of it. And then the third part about success for presence or growth is accountability. Um, That there is someone, there's a network, there's a test, there's a framework, there's, something that's going to hold you accountable to showing up how you are intending to each and every time and each and every day. Mm -hmm. So what is the, we spoke about rainbows. What is the gold at the end of the rainbow when we come to presence? What do we really discover Mm. or experience? Why does it matter? Mm, Because everything is easier. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're, if we're trying, it's like, we modern humanity are so trapped up in our head in nervousness, anxiety, worry, projection, fear, stories, stories, stories we're telling ourselves that aren't <laughs> even true, right? Stories of how we are choosing to see things that um, are old imprints that actually aren't even allowing us to see what is truthfully in front of us, that it detracts from our presence. Mm-hmm. And so the gold at the end of the, the rainbow right, of presence once we arc over is the treasure of realizing that you have everything you need inside of you. And when you show up, right, you get to open the treasure box each and every time, trusting that the situations that come forth are the, the key needed to open the box of you. That was absolutely gorgeous. If I think you've been a poet in your past life or <laughs> something, <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you for that. Yes. What else do you have for the world, for me, for you on the topic of presence today? Or in general, is there anything else that is present for you in your life that you would like to express? Mm, nothing is coming up palpably. I do. So you can say I'm a writer. Um, Uh, 
Okay. Yeah, this is what's going to happen now, Connor. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so it's funny that you have this word-driven um, inquiry into all facets of existence. And um, of course, that we're talking about presence right now, right here. Um, something that I do because I, I do write and um, perhaps better said than I write is it's written through me. I hold the pen uh, and things come. And so I do enjoy reading pieces sometimes. And so I have people say a word and then I look on the notes on my phone to see <laughs> what it picks up. And then it's often a piece I've That's written two years ago and I don't remember. And it's my first time reading it really because it just came through in flow state. Um, but so I searched presence and there are several, of course, um, there are several that came up. Are these notes you just take randomly and put them down? These aren't poems or anything, are they? Well, when I write, it comes out in verse and okay. rhyme and rhythm um, Amazing. in flow state. So, so this is one actually that I just wrote on Monday. Uh, <laughs> so I think I'd, I'd like to read it to you if you'd like. Please. I'd love to hear it. Thank you. All right. Let's see how it goes. What's moving in me is a will to be free, a will to die, a will to fly. What's moving in me is to have what I've never had, to feel what I've never felt. What's moving in me is a grand desire for novelty, a craving for authenticity, and of course, permission to be free. The intelligence of the psychosomatic, the wisdom in an auntie's attic. What sets us free is our will to die, to let it all go, to spread our wings and fly. What's moving in me is a dance, a shimmy, like Mamo used to do once her dementia was through, Alzheimer's set in, and all of her next of kin uh, watched the actress deteriorate. It was her fate. This is the truth, nothing less, Ruth, less than watching your own mother come to her end, her sobbing in the corner on the lanai, golf course below, two knee replacements, no die. Even when ovarian cancer brewed, two months to live, but they chose not to tell her, to not let it get to her head. So instead, with the, without the fear of death near, she lived for another several years. Mamo held on as long as she could, and when she stood up in the bathroom one night, no one would. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. I don't want to pick a fence. Lend me your hungry and your poor. Throw them overboard down towards the shore. The nestling ground on the banks of plenty, the hopscotch hound when the children are sent to a cave to become sex slaves. What world are we living in? How could it happen this way? Mourning humanity and misery today, lost without a use, a long disconnection clause, no nature ties, not between our thighs. A new page turns, shuffle the urns, not enough space, I can't breathe, hate's embrace. What are we to do, press a race? Another life saved or generation enslaved. It all starts now. Ready? Jump. Oh, you psyched me out, you TikTok little punk. Have we lost direction, our sorry little species, or have we crawled through the madness and survived amongst our own feces? The time is now, if it's ever been. You've prepared your entire life for this and for your next of kin. The clock struck 2020 and it's about to begin. Tectonic plates of culture shift. For once upon this altar, the global truth might not falter. The reality is all that will set us free. It's nothing more than what's known. Storytelling medicine will bring us home. For the well-crafted art of a non-threatening story is the best way to bribe critical inquiry, spreading a sense of morality to help us look in because inward is where all the answers lie. But to sit and find them, we must let the outside temporarily die. Yep, that's it. No distractions, hit or miss. 
There's no gray area and dedication to yourself. Invoke all your traumas and take prioritizing you off the shelf. Grab yourself back from where you've been stolen, captive, capsized, and dated trails swollen. They know all about you, the technocracy, so find yourself to set yourself free. From imprisonments of attention and vitality, it zaps energy from you. They call it 5G. Alas, dear one, where to leave off? If you unclothe yourself in front of the mirror, the voices, they'll scoff. Inside your head talking to you. Oh, wait, that sounds familiar. Now this I've been through. The exit door is right over here. It's labeled self-love, so make sure to steer clear of any other doors marked otherwise. Because, kid, I'm going to tell you, I love those thighs. Now pick yourself up and take <laughs> a step closer to that mirror into which you stare, you poser. Release all duck face and surrender attempt to look a certain way or hold in temptation this nation inside of you. Patience for the nature to see it through. Now, what is it that we were about to do? Ah, oh, yes, that's it. That feeling in your chest, closer to the mirror. Look at you, dear. Look into those eyes, the truth you see there. What's all there is, nothing more or less. Do that daily. Put yourself to the test. Remain in honesty and wade through your fate with strong self-awareness and presence made great. That is beautiful. Yeah. Did you write that in one go? Yeah, yeah. And then I typed it and had lots of errors. So I was on an obstacle course and reading it to you. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. How did you get present to that inspiration or flow or spirit coming through you? I mean, writing, writing, stream of consciousness, writing. If no one's ever tried it, set a timer for 20 minutes, let the pen go and just don't stop. And every time you try to think and the thought gets in the way of presence or the flow, keep writing, right? I don't know what I'm writing. I don't know what I'm writing. Just keep going and break through and what comes through will be true. Amazing. Mm. Well, thank you so much for that for sharing your soul, for sharing everything today, for joining me, for helping me and future humans learn about presence, the presence and how to be a beneficial presence on this planet. Um, and thank you for being a beneficial presence in my life, Andy. Mm, thank you, Connor. It's an honor. <laughs> um, is there anything like people, places they can find you? social media yeah, or inst institute for liveness.com institute for liveness on facebook and instagram i'm super accessible now i wasn't through most of my career but anyone from anywhere can send me a message i also have my own personal website andyx.ai uh, i do do astrology readings and consultancy for people of impact um and yeah whomever you are wherever you are i love you thank you for being human and for being attracted to this orbit right <laughs> because that means something uh yeah so i have six seasons of a podcast i have a whole arsenal of videos on the facebook page and coming on youtube and tons of free information for you to start um this process of self-inquiry beautiful andy okay. and on behalf of humanity we love you back <laughs> mm, thank you humanity oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right well much love thank you again and look forward to connecting with you again soon yes thank you Connor. thank you mm -hmm. how was listening to that for you 
If you learned from or moved by the episode, pay it forward. Go to Apple now and leave a five-star review so others can benefit. Join the Institute for Aliveness for a one-week transformational fasting experience. Consider getting an astrology reading from Andy or enroll in the one-year health coach certification course. Whatever you do, don't let this learning pass you by. Do something now to impact your lifestyle for good.